welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of the Crown against Luckhurst, and the citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 23. And this is the first of a couple of cases that will look at the operation of the Proceeds of Crime Act. Here we will be looking at the actions of Andrew Luckhurst, a 71-year-old financial advisor who was sued by investors and made subject to a £2.71 million worldwide freezing order back in 2016. That order was discharged, but the police were also investigating him, and the Crown Prosecution Service managed to obtain a restraint order, freezing his assets once again under the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002. The simple idea behind restraint orders is that in the event that a crime has been committed, the proceeds of crime can be confiscated by the state. However, there is provision in Section 41 to have restraint orders varied by the courts. In particular, Section 41.4 allows a variation so that a defendant can cover reasonable legal expenses, except where those legal expenses, quote, relate to an offence, end quote, which gave rise to the restraint order in the first place. This brings us back to Mr Luckhurst, who will face criminal trial later on this year, but is also facing separate civil proceedings that have been brought by disgruntled investors. He applied for a variation to the restraint order so that he could pay £3,000 for legal representation in the civil proceedings. The CPS opposed this variation on the basis that the civil proceedings relate to the criminal offence which gave rise to the restraint order, and so the application does not satisfy the requirements in section 41.4. At first instance, the judge agreed with the CPS, but then the Court of Appeal disagreed and held the variation should be permitted. The CPS appealed to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. The justices noted that the restraint order relates to the criminal proceedings, and that under section 41.4 there is no reason that such an order should not be varied so as to provide a respondent with reasonable legal expenses in civil proceedings, even where there is some crossover between the nature of the two cases. Lord Burroughs gave the only judgment, and noted that when it comes to statutory interpretation, courts should look at the meaning of words used by Parliament in context and with reference to their purpose. Here, a plain reading of the word tells us that civil proceedings do not relate to a criminal offence under that statute, and any attempt to link the two requires reading words into the Proceeds of Crime Act that simply aren't there. Furthermore, the purpose of the legislation is to strike a balance between confiscating the proceeds of crime while ensuring that the defendant can still meet certain expenses they incur. Allowing an individual to cover legal expenses for civil proceedings is acceptable, because the courts still have discretion to say whether the expense is reasonable or not. The justices therefore agreed with the Court of Appeal, and noted that the interpretation preferred by the CPS would have made things difficult for judges in future cases. Overall, I think this interpretation makes the most sense. I can see why the CPS would want to argue against the decision and limit the amount of money that an individual would have access to, because that is money that the state is hoping to confiscate. Furthermore, there are good policy reasons why someone should not be able to benefit from their alleged crimes. 
However, it seems to me that this is the reason why the exceptions were created by Parliament in the first place. The restraint order ensures that someone like Mr Luckhurst, who has been accused of being involved in a Ponzi scheme, can't just sail off into the sunset, but it also means that he can cover reasonable expenses like the cost of living in the meantime. The key word there is reasonable. We are not talking about huge amounts of cash, and the £3,000 is a small sum compared to the £2.71 million that was confiscated. So long as the amount is reasonable, there is no need for a court to turn down the application, and judges are in the best position to assess this on a case-by-case basis. It is also easy to be attracted to the argument made by the CPS that the civil and criminal proceedings are related because they both concern the same alleged fraud. In a factual sense, that is very true, but it also misses the point of the statute. The aim of the restraint order is to freeze the assets and ensure that the individual cannot avoid responsibility for the crime if they are found guilty. The civil proceedings are not concerned with the guilt of the defendant, only their liability, and so the claimants in the civil case should not be able to benefit from the restraint order made against Luckhurst in the criminal proceedings. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter we looked at a couple of the recent appointments to the Supreme Court and discussed the diversity problem that seems to exist in the upper echelons of the judiciary. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!